Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ah, the countdown in is on. Jay Mack, I'm going to give you this number. You know, I'd like to throw you our show number here on Birds 365. Uh, we're up to 198. Friday, we will do our 200 show for those who like night's round numbers. The other countdown that I am going to track all year is 263. Days until the Eagles play another game. Man, that seems like a big number. It seems like forever. But hopefully it goes by uh, quickly, and hopefully we've got enough to talk about during the 262 days in the interim between the end of the season and the Eagles' next game on the field. Uh, they will certainly keep you busy, and you expect to be busy today, correct? Um, I do. We'll see. We might uh, have uh, some of the Eagles brass today. We might not. It's still tentative, uh, so... I don't want to put it out there, but it's a possibility that we'll be talking uh, to some of the bigger wigs, not the biggest wig, but the bigger wigs at the, at the Novacare complex. So we'll see how that shakes out. Um, if it happens later this morning, if not, I expect it to happen tomorrow uh, morning. So it's coming. Uh, and it's typical. You take a couple days because you want to have meetings, uh, you know, everybody talks about coaches having exit meetings with players. Well, the coaches have to have meetings with their bosses as well and so forth and so on and all that kind of stuff. Understood. I uh, <laughs> talked to uh, my buddy Ruben Frank last night on WIP, and he said, uh, yeah, Howie Roseman is going to speak sometime this week, most likely today, as you just said, maybe tomorrow. Uh, it uh, We all want to hear from Howie because we know he's the – mover and shaker when it comes to player personnel. It's Mr. Laurie's team, but Howie is the directly in charge kind of guy. And I'm hoping that when you get a chance to talk to him, you and all the other good beat guys, um, he's forthcoming about certain things. But I can't really expect that. I'd love for him to have all the, here are the three places we're going to use our first round draft pick. <laughs> yeah, that's and not give us the, not, we wouldn't even ask for names. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. Although I love the fact that everybody's got a mock draft out this week. Uh, <laughs> good, good out of you guys. Uh, good luck getting it right. Hopefully your paycheck isn't uh, going to be determined by how many of the three you get right because it's pure speculation. At well, this point. my only uh, speculation at this point, which it proves the, you know, everybody loves mock drafts, necessary evil, blah, blah, blah. There's no way they're staying at 15, 16, and 19. So, <laughs> you know, there is absolutely no way that they're just going to stand back and, and stand pat and take three players at those three positions. 
I would uh, very much agree with that. Uh, highly, highly unlikely uh, trading out of one of their draft picks this year, trading up with one of their draft picks, maybe even trading back with them. Who the hell knows what they're going to do? And I did say this last night on WIP, and I, I'm saying it, I've said it here before, maybe not yesterday. For the Howie Roseman devotees out there, or the Howie Roseman haters, and there are some in each camp, you got to give him his props. That that might be his number one strong suit is that on draft day, he's been very good at playing the draft trade game. I think he has absolutely done a better job trading up, trading back, adding picks, combining picks to move up and get a guy that you target. There's an art to it. And I think Howie Roseman has been really good at that. Now yeah. pulling out the right name and getting the exact right player. When you make those moves, yeah, Howie's not hitting a thousand there. But I think he's been very good at the maneuverability in the draft. And as you and I both agree, he's going to do some maneuvering because he's got the cards to play this year. Yeah, he certainly does. And he likes to do it uh, on top of it. But, you know, one thing about Howie Roseman, you can always say, is he's going to get value uh, if you look at the draft charts and you look at what certain picks are valued at. And you don't have to look very far back. You look at, Last season when he started, uh, I believe at six, then he bumped down to 12, then he went up to 10. And he, uh, Miami gives up an extra first-round pick to get Jalen Waddell, who, by the way, is a really good player. And you can make an argument that he had a better year than Devontae Smith and was the second-best receiver in the draft of Jamar Chase. They're both good players at the end of the day, but the Eagles are the one that pick up the extra draft choice from a team that didn't make the playoffs. So – um, from a value standpoint, it's it's an off-the-charts type of trade from the Eagles' perspective and sort of as Miami's gotten lambasted for it, and rightfully so. Um, doesn't make a lot of sense from their perspective. Um, you know, sometimes you get a superstar player and you're willing to give up, and, and you know, wide receiver's probably never going to be that position, to be honest. Uh, you know, maybe if you get a – a Jerry Rice or Randy Moss or Terrell Owens, maybe you could argue it, but those guys come few and far between. There's a lot of good receivers, all that kind of stuff. The Eagles can't seem to find <laughs> but other teams seem to be able to find them. Um, so the one thing you focus on is the value and he gets the value, but I talk about it. it's, it's frustrating for me, Jody, because, you know, I, I got it. Uh, talking to some people in the industry, never mind out of the industry, in the industry. You know, Mike Mayock is a, um, a good guy for anybody who knows him, did a great job for all those years uh, uh, as a TV analyst for the draft, didn't do a great job as a GM for the, for the Las Vegas Raiders. If you're going to be honest, he, he's out of a job. And, and everybody just thinks the job is, is like what they do. And look at draft sites and sit by themselves and pick picks and do mock drafts. And that. it's such a bigger job than that. And, you know, you see it now with the Eagles getting, <clears throat> you know, Brandon Brown interviewed with the Vikings for a GM spot uh, tomorrow. Most, most Eagles fans don't even know who, who Brandon Brown is. Most Eagles fans don't even know who Catherine Raich is. You know, it, it, you, you got to build a whole staff. Uh, uh, you have to, you have to hire assistant coaches. You have to put these guys in front of the head coach and say, what about Brian Johnson? What about 
you know, we should probably keep Jeff Stoutland, Nick Sirianni. That'd probably be a good idea. Um, the trade aspect of you mentioned, you know, you got to do pro personnel during the season, pick up guys on waivers. I still have people every time Corvon LeBlanc says with signs with another team, which is quite often, Jody, by the way, uh, I get Eagles should have never cut him. He's one of those guys who Eagles fans embrace love, even though he's been cut 167 times right. since he left here. We should have never cut him. Well, when they did pick him up on waivers and, and he did a decent job um, at the end of, 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 what was that, 2019 or 2018, one of those seasons, um, you know, that's part of the job. All these encompassing tentacles of this giant job and everybody thinks, you know, all you're doing is sitting there and pick your favorite draft analyst for this show. It's Rick Saratella, our guy from NFL Draft Bible, maybe Matt Manicharian. Uh, we're going to be calling you, Matt, as well, if you're watching the program. Um, pick any of them, you know. They're not just sitting there and looking at what those guys think. I mean, it's a big, 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 big job, and nobody seems to understand it. It's one of my pet peeves. All right, I want to combine a couple things that you said there. Uh, you did reference a name, and I'm going to defend the guy a little bit. Uh, you said Mike Mayock didn't do a good job as a general manager of the uh, Raiders, Vegas Raiders. I don't know how good a job he did or didn't do because I believe that he was John Gruden's errand boy for his time as a general manager of the Raiders, that Gruden was hired with all the power. He probably went to the top of the class, including Bill Belichick, as far as power bases go in the organization. They had to get him out of the TV booth. I guarantee you they promised him everything under the star, the sun, and the moon. And, oh, by the way, paid him more than any other coach. A big part of that was, because I know Gruden well enough, uh, I didn't read his contract, but I can guarantee you, he he dictated everything that there there was no I no, gotta go had, to my he general had manager. Say. Yeah, he had final say, John Gruden. But right. trust me on this, Jody. John Gruden wasn't uh delving into the seventh round of the draft and the sixth round and the fifth round. Yeah, if there was a player in the first round that he wanted, Cleveland Farrell, notes, yeah, I'm not gonna blame that on uh on Mike Mayock. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And that's part of the job as well relationship building yep. you you have to work in concert with the head coach you know we talk a lot about uh uh rick spielman and and mike zimmer on the show because for two reasons one i used to cover minnesota so i have some context there so i often reference them and and two because they you know they have a history with with jonathan gannon and people like that um you know, Rick Spielman's a really good general manager. Really, really good general manager. Stop talking to Mike Zimmer. Now the news comes out uh, about a quarter of the way through the season. Their relationship was broken. It's over at that point. It is over at that point. And we've had Brandy Mueller on the show, and he's talked about that in the past. When he's been with – he was with Nick Saban in Miami, who had that kind of power, by the way. So, you know, had final say over over the dealings of, of, you know, the draft. But, again, that's going to be the first round generally. It's not going to be um, – and 53-man roster power, Jody, that's one of the most overrated things in the NFL because nobody cares about the 53rd guy. So if you're arguing about 53rd versus 54, nobody's going to be sitting there pounding the table. 
But my point is you, you got to work in concert. You have a good relationship. And by the way, for the people who criticize me that I say I'm too easy on Howie Roseman, I think that's his worst trait. He hasn't been able to get along with people over the years. Hasn't been able to work with people over the years. Got better, the 2.0 version, than the, the 1.0 version didn't get along with anybody. I mean, it was just a bunch of pelts on the wall. Howie kept winning, winning, winning with these power struggles until he lost to Chip Kelly, and he ended up winning that one anyway. He just backdoored it. Um, and he's and he's learned from that, and he's gotten a little bit better in this 2.0 version. Doug Peterson, I got him yesterday. It looks like he's not going to get a job, which is bananas to me. Um, and it's early. Nobody's even hired, but it certainly seems to be trending in that direction. Um that's more Jeffrey Lurie. I'm not going to blame that on, on Howie Roseman, that one. But you got to get along with people. You got to get along with people. And by the way, why Nick Sirianni, and this, I'll give Jeffrey Lurie credit on this one, uh, Jody. Why Nick Sirianni is the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, they were going to hire Josh McDaniels. And Jeffrey Lurie, very smartly in my estimation, realized. I don't care what these two guys are telling me today. And I'm talking about Harry Roseman, and Josh McDaniels. They're not going to get along in the long term. And I think nobody can prove it, but I think he made the right decision. They weren't going to last for the long term. So he went in a different direction, kept interviewing people until he got somebody he liked. And that's how Nick Sirianni got to fill that. Mm, this, this is one that I can to <laughs> speak to from personal experience. And I know it's kind of apples and oranges, football and baseball, but at its core, it's exactly the same. And I know it's kind of yesteryear as compared to today. But the relationship between your general manager and your manager or head coach, depending on the sport you're talking about, is probably the most important in the organization. Even above the owner with the key guys, because the owner is going to be just stone cold dominant. There's not much give and take. It's all give or take. It's not back and forth between a general manager and a coach or a, a, a manager. Yeah, there's got to be give and take. After my father left the Mets at the end of the 1979, well, the 1980 season, he went to the St. Louis Cardinals and he did so for one reason only. <clears throat> Whitey Herzog was both the manager and the general manager at the same time. And he wanted no part of being a general manager. The owner dictated to him that he wanted him when he hired him <laughs> to take charge of absolutely everything. So he called my dad and said, listen, you come out here. They'll give you some fancy friggin' title, president, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. But believe me, you're going to be the general manager. I don't want to do it anymore. But the owner wants me to keep my name in that place for you do it for a year. We'll go in together to his office. They'll give you the title. But I'm telling you, you're going to have the responsibility from day one. Well, that's exactly what happened. And their first year with my father as the general manager, even though he had been the general manager uh, uh, the previous year, his title didn't say that. They won the World Series. Because my father was like this with Whitey. They, they thought exactly the same on almost everything. They had been working together in the Mets minor league system for years. And they were so simpatico when given a chance to do it on the biggest of levels, boom, one year championship. So your point about the relationship has to be there is 100% on point um, uh, about uh, Mike Mayock and the relationship that he may or may not have had with Gruden. Yeah. Gruden let him 
pick up the small details in the sixth round draft picks and the like. But Gruden was making a bunch of the decisions. I think Mayak was fine as the general manager of the Raiders. You can go back and check those fifth through seventh round draft picks and grade them out over the last couple of years if you're going to determine uh, whether he was good or not at his job. That's probably the way you'd have to do it. Here's what I know. I had Mike Mayock on my show a bunch of times over the year when he was the lead. He was the Mel Kuyper of the yeah. NFL Network doing the NFL <laughs> draft. He was their lead go-to guy. Uh, they started broadcasting the draft. Uh, he was the number one guy year in and year out before he got a chance to actually work at the, the other side of the street as a front office personnel guy. I thought he was great at it. And I know Mel, too. I know Kuyper. I've done shows with Kuyper. I've co-hosted shows with Kuyper. Never did that with Mayock. Um, but those are the two most acknowledged guys. And we love our guys, Rick Saratel and uh, Matt Manicharian and the like. But they were the forerunners there. And I always thought that he was on top of it, knew everything, and uh, had a good definitive uh, reach on uh, what, what, how a draft should be handled and how to evaluate talent and the like. You threw out a couple of Eagle names that are uh, right now interviewing for other positions around the league. So there could be a quote-unquote opening in the Eagles organization. Between you and I, I don't care if there's an opening or not. Should Jeff Laurie reach out to Mike Mayock and say, listen, you know how he's our GM and he's my guy and yeah, I'm not uh, throwing him under the bus, but... We got a position here within the organization. We can make you assistant general manager in charge of uh, college player procurement, whatever title you're going to use. Let him be your draft guru. Let him work with Howie. Let him advise Howie. This is probably the most important draft shoot. I've been here in town since 1990. This is the most important draft Super I've ever draft. seen the Eagles have. Super draft, as I like to call it. There you go. After Super Wild Card Weekend, we no. should have a Super Draft. We're going to have to wait for that, too. Uh, it's going to be a while, but we'll talk about it every incessantly every day up until then. You think they could get a homeboy to come home? He's a Philadelphia guy, Mike Mayock. If he's going to jump back in, it's probably not going to be his general manager. I have not seen his name attached to any of the other openings. Have you? No, not yet, but it's pretty quick, and we'll see. Probably not. You usually have to wait a while when things end that way. Um, and more, you know, some of the stuff is so unfair. Obviously, the, uh, you know, the Gruden incident, I mean, that's got nothing to do with, with Mike Mayock, and um, Henry Ruggs has got nothing to do with Mike Mayock, but you're always blamed for that, and the, and the fact that a young kid makes uh, – devastating uh, personal mistake and he's not even able to play and he's worried about spending uh, a significant amount of time in prison. So, uh, but you, we know in this first round in a much lesser degree, that's what you're judged on as GMs. It's completely unfair. That's what I was trying to talk about. Yeah. First round picks. That's what you're judged on. Even if you find people who make up for the flawed first round pick, nobody seems to care. Like, you know, the Eagles, it, it wasn't supposed to be Jordan Mailata as left a top tackle. three left tackle, but they got a top three left tackle at the end of the day, and they got him in the draft, but nobody cares because Andre Dillard is labeled a failure. Same thing at receiver. Well, let's say they get a, I don't know, throw out a name uh, on Michael Gallup or even a more proven player like uh, Mike Williams. Uh, Mike Williams or yeah, somebody like that or 
the kid from Pittsburgh, who uh, not, uh, Chicago, who I love. And Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. Um, love him as a player. Let's say they go get one of those guys and they turn into really good uh, number two receivers. Devontae Smith takes off. Uh, and you have a more pa- <clears throat> passing type offense, which has to be with the quarterback and all that. And everything falls together. Well, you're still going to have Jalen Rager on the resume, and people are going to say, oh, you missed on Jalen Rager. You missed on this and that. And it's always just the first-round picks. And, look, it's completely unfair, but it's completely unfair when coaches and quarterbacks get blamed for playoff losses, um, you know. Um, and and, and on, the, on the positive end of the spectrum, Jody, it's completely unfair when they're given all the credit for playoff wins and big wins. Like they're the only two people responsible. So you know that going into the gig, every coach knows he's going to get too much credit when he wins, too much blame when he loses. Every GM knows he's going to get blamed for bad first-round picks. It's just the landscape and, you know, I don't know if it's ever going to change, so that that becomes the issue. But no, I, I've not seen Mike Mayock mention. I don't think he would be a slot here for Philadelphia for a couple of reasons. One, um, he they're they're very happy with with Andy Weidel leading the personnel department, and that's would be the job that that uh, that Mike would get in theory. Um, you could argue, See, uh, John. I'll disagree. With you. Doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be. You can construct your organization any way you want. Well, you no, you certainly to. can. I mean, they've had. You know, he could have. That's what I was about to say. He could get the Andrew Berry, Catherine Rice job, where it's more all-encompassing, uh, where you're not only doing personnel, you're doing contracts. But I don't think Mike wants to do that. Um, so it. it I just don't think it's a fit right now because the Eagles are not going to be looking for a, a, a guy to lead a personnel department. Um, and we'll see. And by the way, I don't think Catherine. Let, let me, let me ask you a question. Uh, last two years, to draw the line where you want, um, certainly no more than the day that Howie Roseman became the general manager, but you can drop the line in any way you want. Are the Eagles above average at the draft? how he's maneuvering included in that. And we both agree he's been good at it, but final results. And yes, you get a better grade. The further you get away from the actual year of drafting, would you say the Eagles are above average at drafting? Um, I think they, well, I think the early returns, if we're looking at Andy, cause Andy's two years, right? So the early returns on this draft are, are really, really good. Um, Really, really good. If you, if you look at the first three picks, uh, Devontae Smith, I think you and I both agree, is going to be a very good player in, in this league for a long time. He's only going to get better um, if the Eagles get a more high-volume passer, as I like to call it. Um, you know, second round, Landon Dickerson is going to be a, a, a Pro Bowl guard in this league. I, I truly believe that you you could make a strong argument that he was on the cusp of that this year uh, once he started getting going. So my concerns with him are are health related, nothing else. He's in other words, he's going to be a good player. Um, and then Milton Williams, 
really towards the, the the end of the season, the second half of the season really started to come on. And you could say, well, this guy, to the point Barrett Brooks, our own Barrett Brooks is comparing him to John Randall, which I yelled at him for, but that's not fair. But um, he, he looks like he's going to be a good player. And, you know, so early returns on this draft, and they're way too early, pretty good. Now, last year's draft, 2020 draft, uh, excuse me, obviously you have Brager at the top, and that's going to haunt people forever, not only because of Brager failing, but because of who was picked directly behind him in the historic first two seasons Justin Jefferson had. But other than that, it's pretty good. Um, you get no splashes at this point, but you get Jalen Hurts, obviously, in the second round. Davion Taylor turned into a starting linebacker. Now you're worried about um, – injuries he got injured twice he wasn't on the field for a significant portion of the season but when when he was on the field he was starting to show some things and certainly brought athleticism physicality toughness to that defense you remember the force fumble in denver which was their biggest win of the year their signature win that darius slight picked up the so-called city versus country fumble um Derek, davion taylor was the one who created that and ripped the football out. Then you have Jack Driscoll, who I think is overachieved as a mid-round pick. Again, got a Sean Bradley, who was, you know, when you when you um, get a six-round pick, who's in, uh, you know, special teams like he was an alternate to the Pro Bowl, that's pretty good. I mean, that's what you're looking for in the sixth round of the draft. And then there's some other guys, you know, I – Kayvon Wallace, I think, has been a disappointment to this point. Um, and then John Hightower has been a disappointment. Um, but I would say Andy Waddle in this two years of, above average. And this year could turn it – again, it's way too early to talk about this year. But the early returns on this year could really change that narrative because I think they got three really good players – at the top of the draft. Understood. Uh, and I guess we see it a little bit differently. And I don't know that Weidel could have done as much because it is, you're right, it's short term. How can we give any of the any of these kids long-term grades when they've only played a handful of years? He hadn't done enough. He hadn't been in the position long enough that you say, oh my God, you can't bring anyone around him. You have to give him complete control over the draft and he can be the only voice in Howie's ear. No, if they can get another guy who for me is a proven <clears throat> commodity and he may or may not want the job, he doesn't want the job, wants to go back to TV, Mike, I'll be watching you on the NFL Network, looking forward to it. But I'm not going to not reach out to him and see if he's got an interest in the job and I would have a well-defined job for him. I don't want him to knock the, the uh, Jeffrey is not going to give him the leeway to step on how he's toads, but another well-informed voice in the room on draft day, breaking down film, leading up to the draft, going with them to the combine to watch the kids and maybe sit in on some of the meetings. Absolutely. I would uh, reach out to a guy like Mike. Fayette. Well, I would I, well, not I, do it because, Oh my God, Andy Weidel's been so good. We couldn't bring in another guy to help us out. Well, I, no, I was talking about a more structured job. I mean, um, uh, who's the guy from Jacksonville? Mike, uh, um, the old Jacksonville GM. 
<laughs> this tells you he works uh, for the Eagles. Caldwell. Uh, not Caldwell. Mike Caldwell, Jim. yeah, Caldwell. Okay. What's his first name? Um, not Mike. It's not That's Jim. The coach. <laughs> right. Jim's yeah. Jim's the coach. Uh, the old Jacksonville GM works uh, for the Eagles, and nobody knows about it. <laughs> I got I got the Caldwell first names mixed up. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I'm saying is, you, you know, there's that type of job. But when you say like Andy will be like Dave Caldwell, geez, I'm I'm losing it today. I can't think of anybody's name. So David Caldwell worked for the Eagles this year, former general manager. There's another voice. That's a position type of, of, of you know, Mike could certainly be in, in a position for it. But when you say you got to leave Andy Waddle alone, Andy Waddle, that's what I'm saying. Andy Waddle doesn't work by himself. Brett, what do you think Brandon Brown is? What do you think Ian Cunningham is? You know, when the Eagles said. Um, right. So why why'd you blanch when I brought up Mike Mayock? Well, because I don't think higher. Mike Mayock is a former NFL general manager is coming in as a director of pro personnel. I don't think he'd want that job. I think he's past that level. I, well, I think I, you just pointed out they found a, a, a slot, a job for a guy like Dave Caldwell. That's the kind of job I'm looking to get Mike uh, Mayock well, to agree to. That's the same thing. If he's interested in something like that, yes. In my, you know, I don't think he'd be interested in something which is more of a consultancy. But if he is, yeah, well, all right, I'm fine with that. Um, I'm saying, but a structured job. So you have what the Eagles flow chart looks like. It's Howie Roseman. It's Catherine Raish is, is number two. Number three is Andy Weidel. Uh, number four, their co-pro directors of personnel, Brandon Brownie and Cunningham. Those are the structured jobs, and Dave Caldwell's in there. Um, those are the structured jobs. Now, if Catherine leaves, my, my best estimation, because I haven't heard Dave get any interviews for a GM job, Dave would fit right into that slot. So the Eagles have, um, you know, you have to think about if guys, other teams are poaching your people and they generally have been poaching the Eagles people, which I try to point out to Eagles fans who don't realize how well regarded the front office is. You already have a plan in place. My, my thought for the plan in place, again, I have no idea. Uh, if Catherine was to leave, what that would be, that would be Dave Caldwell's spot. Um, Andy's not leaving. Uh, if Brandon was to leave, that's that spot's too low on the totem pole for somebody like Mike, Mike Mayock, in my in my opinion. I mean, Mike, I doubt Mike is going to take that spot, but if he wants it, I'll give it to him. If that's, I'm in charge, I'm just saying it's something to look into. Uh, would I be betting on it actually coming to fruition? No, I'd bet against it before I'd bet on it. But I would at least inquire. That's what good organizations do. They look at it. Now, some organizations go too far with that, that they're looking into everything. And I think they well, lose the, the eye on the prize uh, focus that you need. But this is a guy I think is well worth looking into. And I'd at least put in the phone call if I were Jeff Laurie. He is John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We're your Mac and Mac guys. Yes, the long off season has begun. John may or may not get a chance to be in on a Howie Roseman press conference later today. If not today, it'll be tomorrow. It's going to be sometime this week. Uh, we'll continue to look ahead at what the Eagles got as far as work goes during this lengthy off season here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. 
for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. It's a Mac and Mac gathering here on Birds 365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Hey. Know the Eagle season's over. Know that uh, the the grind that is a National Football League season. I know my partner certainly understands that because he does it for a full time living. I just do it kind of mornings, goofing around with you guys. Um, but it doesn't mean we're going to work any less for you. And we hope you stay tuned with us here on Birds Three Sixty Five. And if you are, you're listening right, you're watching right now. Hit the like button, the whole algorithm thing. It'll be better for us if you tell the people that you like the show. We hope you do. I hope you're not uh, just tuning in to curse at us at your uh, computer. What are you talking about, you stupid old it? Well, well we get I appreciate you tuning in, but we're hoping you actually like us a little bit rather than just hate us with a passion. Uh, but do us a favor, hit the like button, and thank you for being here on Birds. Jody, you know, I have this uh, problem in my personal life and i don't i don't want to bring that on the show but i'll bring it on the show yeah, a little bit. so you know my wife and i have been together for 150 years at this point and she still does not get like what why i'm still working They're like for no matter how many times i explain it and i try to explain it to the fans 
the all in a lot of ways the off season is busier for me than the regular season. It never stops in the NFL. One thing about the NFL and, and their brilliant ads, they get criticized for everything. But one thing they have set up perfectly is the calendar because they have something going at every point of the year um, with the exception of the little lull between mini camp and training camp. You do get a little bit of a break there, but you know, the playoffs goes into the Super Bowl, obviously the Super Bowl. Then you have the senior bowl. You're ramping up for the, for the combine. Then you have all the draft uh, 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 free agency before the draft Then the draft. And then you have uh, boom, all OTA startup and you're, you're in this constant cycle. So uh, for my wife and people saying, Hey, you guys are still doing, yeah, it's busier. Now the Eagle sign, you know, how many futures, free agents, the contracts. Oh, I, I, I want to ask you to explain that, but uh, I, I, I interrupted you. Sorry. It started um, uh, already. It starts, you know, Jalen Hurd said my year three starts today uh, after the game starts tomorrow. He said it. Uh, then he talked to us on, on Monday. It starts today. Um, full time job, full, full year round. And that's why it's first 365. So we're going to have plenty to talk about. Trust me. All right. Uh, give us the breakdown of futures contracts. It's basically a whole bunch of the guys that were on the Eagles practice squad at the end of the year. What does a futures contract <laughs> entail? Uh, how much does it put players in position to be on the team? Um, there are not massive guaranteed amounts of money involved here. So it's nice to know that the team wants you and they want you to be part of their offseason program and come in and use their facilities and the like, but it's not and basically anything guaranteed, what exactly do the 11 signing just they mean for the Eagles and the players who they did come to an agreement? Um, it's basically, and, and that's why it's called futures, it's basically sort of a placeholder uh, for the end of the season and the new league year, which starts, I think, this year. It's March 16th, uh, something like that. So when the new league year starts, uh, the new salary cap is set. You got to be under the salary cap and all that kind of stuff, all that fun stuff. Um, when the season, when your season ends, those those players on the practice squad, they don't have 53-man contracts. So they have practice squad contracts. Those contracts expire about a week after your season ends. Um, so you have to have that placeholder if you want to back to be on the off-season roster. Um March 16th, as I said, that's where the top 51 rule starts because the offseason uh, rosters are bloated. You get up to 90 at some point after the draft. Uh, only when you talk about the cap, only the top 51 count against the cap in the offseason. Um, so these guys, it's an indication they will be back. They will be in the offseason program, um, and they will be signed to NFL contracts. Um, and if they make the team, you know, that turns into obviously a, a, a nice little contract and they'll have a chance to make the practice squad again or uh, go in any direction. But <clears throat> it's an indication always when you have your practice squad and practice squads a little bit different in the COVID era because you have veterans on it as well. And 
those guys become free agents immediately and they can do whatever they want. But with the younger guys, you have, um, you got to negotiate with them. So, you know, the most notable name, probably not on the list that people will recognize is John Hightower. And, you know, people are asking me, well, does that mean the Eagles gave up on John Hightower? Not necessarily. He might, his agent might be telling him, look, you, you had two years, you know, uh, they didn't give you a chance, whatever. However, they look at things and they say, maybe we'll have a better opportunity elsewhere. So you can go sign somewhere else if you think you're going to have a better opportunity to do something somewhere else. Or maybe his agent's on vacation and maybe he'll sign a, 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 re, a, a futures contract when he gets back. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean all that much, but he was certainly the most notable name not on there. Or it could be the Eagles just don't want him back again. Uh, so it could be a host of different reasons. But, yeah, you just got to make these moves. And it uh, happens every team, uh, every year. You see these futures contracts for the practice squad, guys. Right. Your uh, point about Hightower basically has to answer the question I was going to ask. All these guys became free agents. If they wanted to, they could have gone and signed a futures contract with any other team they wanted. If some team really liked the player, they could have actually signed to a regular contract. Everybody goes free agent, or but free agency doesn't start for a month and change after the Super Bowl. So do you just want to sit around and not to, or do you want to take this type of contract? And at least you know you're part of the organization. It kind of locks you in. And if there is another team out there, and that's why you have an agent, and he's supposed to be able to fish this stuff out at a time. Hey, we can't believe we, we, we were dying to pick you off the Eagles practice squad, but we just never had the roster flexibility. You don't want to be signing a future contract with them. Yeah, those are conversations that are not supposed to be had, but are had on almost a daily basis behind closed doors in the NFL. That tells you most of the guys who signed knew that the Eagles had some desire to have them as a part of the organization going forward and that they've got a chance here rather than just wait it out and hope that there's a team uh, that has more interest in them when free agency starts. You put out uh, the beginning of the uh, NFL year, which is sometime in March. Uh, yeah, we're going to get there at some point. We'll, we'll, we'll have fun. We'll, we'll be talking free agents all year long. All right, John, I, I just happened to fall on this while I was doing prep for the show today because I was writing down a bunch of eagle things I wanted to talk about and the fact that Yes, the playoffs go on this week without the Philadelphia Eagles. And for me, this is the best week of the year when it comes to the NFL. Oh, yeah. I mentioned that yesterday. By right. far the best week. You've got eight teams playing. It's two games Saturday and two games Sunday. Not just one and one. It's two and two. It's the eight best teams, the two top teams, and those who earned their way in this past week. So this weekend for me, if you're just a football diehard putting your rooting interest for the Eagles aside for a second. This is the highest quality football in both quantity and quality you get every single year. How many teams are left in the playoffs, John? Uh, eight. How many divisions are there in football, John? Uh, eight. How many divisions are represented this weekend in the best weekend of football? Hmm, let's see. I'm going to do it in my head real quick. Seven of the eight. Seven of the eight are represented this week. 
Would you like to take a giant guess as to which division is not represented in the playoffs this week? 0-2, baby. 0-2, the NFC least is out of the playoffs. Which is both good news, bad news. Bad news that the Eagles were one of the teams eliminated last week. But good news is, yeah, that's who they're going to be competing with again next year. It's the Washington football team again. And, yeah, they've got an offseason to improve things. Certainly the Giants do, and they're going to make massive changes because they got a new general manager and a new uh, coach coming in. And the finding ways to lose, the only – uh, how many road teams won this weekend in the playoffs, John? Oh boy, I'd have to think about that. It's already been uh it's already in the rearview mirror. How many was it, Jody? One. San yeah. Francisco 49ers, only road team, which means the only home team to lose was Dallas the Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Who again, yes, the Eagles will be playing twice next year, and hopefully it's not week 18. Where one of the two teams well, it probably will be. It probably will be week 18 because that's how the NFL sets things up these days. Tell me, those... tell me it's going to be the Giants of Washington. No, it can't be the Cowboys. Again. Well, that would be even worse. That, that would be even worse because those two teams will probably be long out of it. Uh, at least you have a chance that the Cowboys and Eagles will be in the mix for the playoffs. That no, the no, Washington no, no, football no, team. No, 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 no. I don't want the Cowboys. I want two games to determine the Eagles and the Cowboys next year. Not a game and a half. Not where the Eagles play their practice squad in the last game of the season. Well, and between they probably you and I, will, but... I don't want to play the Cowboys if they're playing their practice squad either. I yeah. want to go up against the Cowboys twice next year rather than what's happened a couple of times in these last few years, a week 17, week 18 game, depending on how long the season is, where one of the two teams goes, now nah, we're not really even going to try it. Yeah, when the NFL came up with that idea, it was it made some sense. It was like let's pit division foes at the end of the season, and they'd be less willing to uh, shut things down and not play because they don't want to be embarrassed by a division foe. Hasn't worked out that way. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Um, fans might care, but nobody cares in the NFL. If you have a reason to play, you play. If you don't have a reason to play, you don't play. Um, I don't know how you fix that problem. Uh, I don't. But I will say this. Playing the NFC East at the end of the season has really helped the Eagles uh, in their last couple of playoff runs because um, they've cleaned up uh, playing this garbage in this division. Um, so you can look at it both ways. I, I actually think that it's more good than bad. It's not perfect, but there is more good than bad that you're playing your divisional foes late. The only point I'm trying to make is I don't want it to be the Cowboys. Now, it could come down to the same thing next year. The Cowboys could have massive injuries, major disappointment. They stay with McCarthy. He proves to be a loser of a coach, and Jerry's got to fire him. And geez, oh, that could happen, and it could be the Eagles and the Washington football team battling for the division. If you put them the last game, we may face the same circumstances because nobody knows before a season starts, what's going to transpire, what week 18 is going to look like. I just don't want to run the risk that it's Dallas and Eagles again, that they're one, two, and that they, uh, one of them is going to back off. No, I want to get those two games. I may still deal with it with if it's somebody else. And I think the, the league should stick with the in rivalry late in the season division setup. I just don't want it to be Dallas. But big picture here is, yeah, it's a bad division, John. Yeah, And the Eagles can be right back in the mix, a playoff team, 
fighting for a division title in this division because there's no beast in the East. Well, that's that's going to be fun. That you know, when I got into my trouble defending the Eagles' front office, and people uh, assume that's Howie Roseman, and I'm trying to get on his good side. That's what I said. Look at the division you're in. Look at the advantage the Eagles have had over a significant period of time now when it comes to the front office, um, New York, Washington, uh, Dallas. It is the most massive uh, mismatch. Uh, it has been, if you want to go back 10 years, 15 years, whatever you want to go back. It really, to me, the Giants were well-regarded right up until uh, they made the mistake of of saying, you know, their biggest mistake was paying too much deference to Eli Manning. It was clear that he was done as a quarterback about two or three years before they pulled the book. But they paid deference. It's understandable for somebody who wins two Super Bowl championships for you, who has that kind of name. It's understandable to make that mistake. What they conflated that was with, um, you know, guys like Jerry Reese and Tom Coughlin and et cetera, et cetera, couldn't do their job. No, they did their job really well for a really long time. Um, and going back further than that, uh, the Giants were very stable for a long period of time. Since then, it's been an abject disaster. Mistake yeah, but, after mistake at GM, at coach, mis- uh, you know, Washington, we don't even have to bring up with Daniel Snyder. They finally got some stability with Ron Rivera. Hopefully that helps them in the coming years. Um, in Dallas with Jerry Jones, he's too, you know, I, I always say Jerry's, uh, you know, Jerry's in the Hall of Fame in the NFL, not the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and he should be. But people don't realize he's not in the Hall of Fame for uh, being a GM. He's no. in the Hall of Fame for his business acumen and what he's done for this league and from a business perspective, which he's unparalleled. Um as a GM and as a guy who runs the franchise, no. Uh, the Eagles have had a huge advantage when it comes to the front office. And they should take even more advantage of it going forward because we don't know what the Giants are going to be like. Um, Daniel Snyder, even though he's in abstention, still owns the Redskins. And don't kid yourself, he's got his fingers all over that organization. And Jerry's still Jerry. So, well, yes, that organization, that advantage Eagles have should stay in place and should go further And um, you're right about the Giants, but I'll give Jerry recess. His first year as general manager, when he took over from Ernie O'Corsi, who, I, by the way, Ernie O'Corsi was an outstanding general manager. That's why we go back to where the Giants were still a first-run organization. Well, yeah, they were great, but they were still good with Jerry for the vast majority of time. Not he as had, good. He had a, good. He, here's the key, though, to, to Jerry Reese's tenure. He had a great first year. Great first year. Draft that like every single player became a giant contributor. Um, and Ernie's effects were still involved. Jerry Reese's tenure got worse almost on a yearly basis. It just kept dropping off and dropping off and dropping off and dropping yeah, but off. But does it look it does it look as bad now? That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I have this argument with people in Cincinnati all the time because they just lambasted Marvin Lewis. And I would say, you know how hard it is to win in Cincinnati, you know, and they made, I think it was six playoffs in seven years. 
Um, right. Lost first round every lost year, but made every it single year. Seven. Yeah, which is amazing for Cincinnati. And since Marvin Lewis lost right up until they got Joe Burrow, um, they were an absolute disaster. And people started figuring out, oh, I get what you meant. Um, it's really hard to win in Cincinnati. They're, you know, they're the cheapest team in the NFL. They they don't spend money on their front office. They don't spend that every place they can cut corners, they try to cut corners. It's just a really, really difficult place to win. Um Yeah, what's on that the other, to do with the Giants? Well, I'm on I'm, I'm, I'm saying Marvin Lewis was lambasted for mistakes and not being able to win. My comp is now that Jerry Reese is gone, you see how bad it can get. Oh, he, he's better than Dave Gettleman. Is your yes, point. that's okay. my point. I got you. But here, here's my point. He wasn't near as good as Ernie Acorsi. If you want to look at the bookends of Jerry Reese in New York, Ernie Acorsi was outstanding. Jerry Reese took over. They won the Super Bowl in Jerry's first year as a GM. And he had a really well, good draft, is, but I'm, it just I, I'm went downhill there. No, I'll, I'll say he's not as good as Ernie. I have no problem saying that. But what I'm saying is they still had stability. They were still a good organization. They made a mistake with Eli Manning, no question about it. But that is a tough, that is a tough situation. And I say that in all sports. I, I'll stick in New York with Derek Jeter. You know, what do you do at the end of Derek Jeter's career? What 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 do you what do you do if you're the you do what you do you pay deference to the guy let him go as long as he wants and then try to uh, uh, you know pick up the pieces after it's finally over uh, there are certain players and Eli Manning I would argue shouldn't have been that type of player but the Giants uh, for the lack of argument they believed he should have been that type of player to pay deference to they paid deference to him they paid a cost from a personnel standpoint. They were still a solid structural organization, though. The big mistake was 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 blaming everything on the coach, the the GM, and now they know it because every coach they've hired has been an abject disaster. The GMs they've hired, abject disaster, and now they got to figure a way out of it. That's all I'm saying. Well, and Gettleman was the guy who was making the decisions on those coaches because they've had three two-year coaches in a row, which you, you you and I agree on this. Continuity is a much underrated aspect of NFL organizations. If you get it and it's in place, even if it goes up and down a little bit, but if you can continue through, it can be a very valued asset, and the Giants haven't been close to having that. But, yeah, the Eagles got an advantage, Eagle fans. I guess I'm trying to put an optimistic spin on the fact that the season's over and done with it. we got to wait 230 days before another game. All offseason, they're going to be competing with the we'll see if they can get it right this time giants as far as coach and general manager goes these still dan snyder owned washington washington, <laughs> washington football, football team. team that may or may not have a new nickname and yeah. jerry i'm still in charge large and in charge making all the decisions and he's a good businessman but not a real good uh football executive jones it's a good spot to be in here, uh, MacMan. Yes, the Eagles should be able to take advantage and maybe get to the top of the division next year. Yeah, no reason. If you if you make some good decisions in personnel, and they'll have more ability to do some things in free agency, uh, they'll have uh, obviously the three first round picks, so you can do a lot of different things. Um, 
Well, you got to make the right decisions, but yeah, they're in a position to where certainly they, they put themselves in, they proved some things. And I think to a lot of people, I think most people who, who followed the team closely were never in the camp that they were going to be terrible. Uh, and I point to us on this show, we both said eight wins because yep. of their offensive and defensive lines. Uh, I think if you look toward a, a more national perspective, they just said, well, they have four wins in a first-year quarterback, so they're going to be terrible. Um, but if you can block people, uh, if you can uh, pressure people, you're going to be able to win some games in this league, and that's how the Eagles got it done. Now they have to fill in the other spots. Um, and – you know, they do have to make a decision on the quarterback. I think it's 95% certain he's going to be here as a starter, but that doesn't mean long-term starter. I think the circumstances can change, and that's how we will get to ask that question today or tomorrow, you know, about the quarterback position. And and you know what he's going to say. Uh, he answers all phone calls, and he does. And if people change their minds and they say, remember – when we were doing this whole thing last year, Jody, the public perception of the Eagles was at an all-time low. Um, they just fired a Super Bowl-winning head coach. The owner was portrayed as this micromanaging, uh, scapegoating, uh, which, by the way, was. Uh, so that was not unfair uh, type of person. The talent was looked upon negatively. Uh, no one thought the quarterback was any good. Um, so when you're, and, and don't, don't leave out John, the quarterback forced his hand to get out of town. So they had to take a $33 million yeah. dead cap hit. Yeah. And that was, that was a pretty big black cloud hanging over the Eagles. Yeah. This last off season too. So if you're, um, um, Russell Wilson and you're putting together a list of teams, um, that you might want to play for, you go right by the Eagles and say, I don't want to be a part of that mess. Well, now it's a little bit different. All of a sudden, they're they're back in the postseason. They got a young, energetic head coach that everybody seems to like and get along with. Things change quickly. And now people like Russell Wilson might say, yeah, all right. If I can get out, if I don't want to be in Seattle, you know, maybe I want to go play in New York. Maybe I want that because of my wife. But if I can't get that, Philadelphia's pretty close. Quick trip. Um, you know, maybe maybe revisits things. So things change quickly in this league. I don't want to follow up on Russell Wilson with you. That is what we'll talk next. Uh, Dave Gonzaro, uh, Zangaro from NBC Sports Philly is going to hop aboard in hour number two. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, you're right here with the Birds 365. Mac and Mac, guys. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. 
Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You got the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. Um, the long off season is just getting underway, and we'll be here with you throughout it all before the Eagles lace them up and get back on the field come next September. Uh, but a lot of things are going to go down. A lot of conversations going to be had. A lot of speculation will be thrown around at the wall. See what sticks. 
And the quarterback position is certainly going to be part of it, Johnny Mac, because while Jalen Hurts had a solid season, showed some upside, made some fans here in town because of the way that he does his business, a couple of his very exciting runs. But the last thing we will remember was a not-too-stellar game against the Bucks that's going to stick in some people's craws. So, uh, yes, can the Eagles upgrade a quarterback during this offseason? They have to stay on top of it. Doesn't mean they will, but they have to do their due diligence and at least be aware of what's going on around the league. And if the option is there to upgrade the position, you and I both believe they will do just that. One of uh, We know the names that were kicked around last year that will probably be kicked around this year. We know the free agent quarterbacks that are out there. I would move for none of them to replace Jalen Hurts. Uh, so the only no. way you're going to upgrade is one of two ways, either in a draft, personal opinion, my own handicapping, and I watch a lot of these quarterbacks play. Every Saturday I'm in front of the TV watching college football. I don't think, even with the unknown that is college quarterbacks, I can't project any of them with their ceiling being so much better than Jalen Hurts. I, oh, you got to have that guy. I just don't see it. Maybe be wrong about that. Three, four, five, six years down the line, we'll find out. But I don't think that any of these guys are going to become better NFL quarterbacks than Jalen Hurts. We'll see if the Eagles feel the same way. So it's going to have to be by trade. If the Eagles are going to the, upgrade the quarterback position, it's going to have to be by trade. Do you think Aaron Rodgers will be dealt during this offseason? Oh, you know, I lean towards no. Now he seems to have repaired his uh, relationship a bit with um, the GM and he seems to be having fun. And I think they got a good chance to win the Super Bowl title. They would be my favorites right now. Um and we'll see. I, I do think San Francisco presents an interesting matchup for them, so we'll know pretty quickly. Uh, I think if they wax San Francisco, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I really well do. And, yeah. and I like the way you're going there. It's kind of TBD, but depending on how the season goes for them, they get beat this week. Uh-oh, the floodgates are open. Yeah. They win a championship. Do you really want to come off as a diva to put yourself after winning a Super Bowl out of town? All those things need to play themselves out. That's why the question I'm asking you is a tough one, if not an unfair one. But even if he were to want to be traded, where on the list of potential landing spots would Philadelphia be? They would not be on that list. Not and at all. Not no, just not down the list. Not even, even on even, the list. You know, yeah, even some of the circumstances, just because of Aaron. I mean, he's he's either going to stay there or go somewhere closer to the West Coast or the West Coast. So um, he doesn't want to come uh, to this part of the country, period. Uh, it's nothing to do with the Eagles. He just doesn't want to play uh, in the Northeast. Um that would include the Giants. That would include Washington. That would include everybody. Um, so, no, I don't think that he, he would even be on the list. I agree. <clears throat> Deshaun Watson. He's uh, on the we list. Got no <laughs> new news about his legal situation. We've actually he's, gotten quite a bit of news, Joe. Well, he's, he's tried to work out. He's tried to work out a bunch of settlements with a bunch of different uh, – accusers now um so there has been some movement um 
in 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 the, a willingness to to make these things go away because I you know if you start talking about two years and three years and not playing professional football it doesn't matter how good you were before you know people are going to start saying well I don't I don't know if he can do this after this kind of layoff so I think his camp kind of knows <clears throat> this is it you you've got to make something happen for this season. And they're working pretty hard behind the scenes to make these things go away. And, you know, they're probably going to be offering pretty significant uh, uh, financial settlements. And ultimately, I think, because remember, I don't know how many months we are, Jody. I'd have to go back. No criminal charges, no criminal aspect from that standpoint. It's, it all remains civil at this stage. Nothing's 100%, but... I am 99% certain that Deshaun Watson is not going to be criminally charged. Uh, so it's all going to remain civil. And if it's civil, you can make it go away. And they're trying to make it go away. Okay. Uh, I'm not a lawyer and I load to play one on the radio or on YouTube. I love from it. From time to time, we have to. 99% sure it's not going to get criminal? Are you sure? 99, that- I might even go 99.7. Really? You don't think that the legal authorities in whatever states we're dealing with, which, oh, by the way, include federal charges because some yep. of the individuals... That has can- been misreported a hundred times. The federal aspect of this is is investigating... People who were trying to um, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to uh, blackmail Deshaun Watson. The FBI investigation has nothing to do with the ex- accusations against Deshaun Watson. It has to do with people trying to blackmail Deshaun Watson. The only open investigation remains the Houston Police Department, which has been Years and years and years. And I know what you're talking about, Jody, because I've seen the report. They completed two different investigations. The FBI investigation, and I've checked with this with two sources. I got more than two sources. That involves people trying to blackmail Deshaun Watson. That's what the federal investigation is. The local investigation, the Houston PD investigation, that is the open criminal investigation. To my knowledge, it has not been closed. But the fact that they have not indicted Deshaun Watson after this amount of time tells you it's not going to happen. Understood. Um, but like with any proceeding, everybody wants to win. And the Deshaun Watson is still at least on record. Uh, I know he got paid for every single game. The starting quarterback of the Houston Texans. If he does come to an agreement in a civil suit, it makes the criminal charges that much easier to press. So there Not is... Not necessarily, because if you have a, a civil um, um, settlement, you're going to have a non-disclosure agreement. I mean, they're, they're not going to... They're not well, going to... You, you, you might not know the details, but you can certainly uh, find out that a settlement has been reached. You might not get every single detail, but I would think that would make a criminal. Pre- uh, well, yeah, but if, 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 if said accuser signs a non-disclosure agreement, that, that includes a criminal case. In other words, 
they're not going to um, back up the accusations. In other words, they can't say, oh, Deshaun Watson uh, reached a civil settlement with accuser number six. Let's go to accuser number six and get her to admit no. She can't admit it now, so it's off the window. So it, 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 it's not usable in court. So it, it's, it, it's not going to be a situation where you have to worry about Deshaun Watson. Going right. But just, and again, I, I, I'm admitting I'm out of my depth here. How many lawsuits does he have against him civilly? Uh, the last number was 22 accusations. Right, I knew it was 20 plus. 22, I, I don't know I, if all of them filed. Turned into lawsuits. Yeah. Okay. Um, if there has been progress made in some of them, at some point, some will be settled and some won't. And yes, the stronger ones, if you're Deshaun Watson and his attorney, you want to take those out, those that actually have evidence, those who have shown it to you to say, here's what I want to be paid to sign off on that NDA. Yes, you can take those out. But you know somewhere in that group, there's going to be a guy who's going to say, no, I want this kind of a check. And they're going to go, yeah, but you don't really have the goods. And they're not going to come to agreement. And that's who the uh, law authorities are going to go to and say, all right, yeah, we're going to bring well, charges that, against that, this guy. We're going to call that's you why, as a witness. That's why you have Rusty Harden. I mean, if it's weak and they're not going to offer, if it's a weak accusation, they'll say, well, all right, do what you want to do. It's not going to go anywhere. All right. Um, you, you, sounds like you have more information than me. Uh, I will speculate right now that I don't think the show. Well, here's the biggest problem. Here's the biggest problem. The biggest problem is the public relations problem. Because when he reaches civil suits and he's going to reach settlements on certain civil suits, I'm very confident of that. All of a sudden, that opens up that window to where you're going to, especially in today's environment, you're going to have a lot of people screaming from a lot of soapboxes that we don't want this bad guy to be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles or anybody else, wherever it ends up being. Miami, Brian Flores gets a job uh, wherever he goes. And if he wants to try and bring in Deshaun Watson, um, you're going to hear that all over the country, very similar to what Michael Vick went through here, but even to a higher degree because things have gotten so much more polarized um, over the the past few years. Um, It's going to be really difficult for any organization to handle those hits. Um, I can only go on my history with Jeffrey Lurie, and I've said it a hundred times on this show, and this will probably be 101. The guy has always been willing to give people second chances. Like it or dislike it, that's always been his policy. I, I, the, the facts are the facts, and you're 100% correct there. Yeah, you, you, And it's not even that because he's going to sign off on agreements on a couple of these, you know that they're going to state, a.k.a. hide behind. We didn't admit to anything. We wrote a check for the ability to move on with the rest of our lives. We're not admitting to anything. We're not uh, going to tell you that this transpired that. No, all you need to know is we came to an agreement with a party on a civil uh, litigation. We're not uh, admitting to anything. And either people are going to accept that or they're not. The Eagles, if they trade for them, certainly are accepting that. And they're going to hope that their fan base does that. I, The wheels have turned so slow on this, John. 
I know I just gave you the countdown, 230-some-odd days before uh, the Eagles start. They need to get the Deshaun Watson trade done well before we get the opening day of next year. I don't think it's going to be there. I, I do not think he's going to get dealt. I do not think they're going to have cleared up enough of these, if not all of these, civil litigation suits. I don't think he's going to get dealt this offseason. Because I think the uh, Houston Texans, much like the Philadelphia 76ers here in town, have a price that they're going to ask for Deshaun Watson. And people are going to try and get that price to come down because we're taking on a guy with a bad rep. Texans could say, that's not our fault. We didn't go out and have all these issues with all these masseuses. That's the guy you're acquiring. We're just evaluating him on his football skills. And here's the price you're going to have to pay. And I think they're not going to move off their price, much like the Sixers have this inflated price of Ben Simmons, that we only want to look at the great things that Ben Simmons has done. Forget the fact that he can't make a three-point shot. Forget the fact that he doesn't want to play here in Philadelphia. No, Daryl Morey says, I'm getting paid, and this is what it's going to cost. I think Houston Texans are doing the same thing. Yeah, well, number one, I want to stop and say, Daryl Morey, you're nuts if you're watching the program. Just get what you can get. Move the hell on. I mean, come on. It's toxic at this point, but I hear what you're saying. Um, they were going to trade Deshaun Watson at the at the trade deadline, and you know Stephen Ross came up with this. You know, all right, you gotta you gotta Clint, you you gotta you you gotta settle everything in settle two days. All the lawsuits that yeah. was going to happen in a yeah. two day span, yeah. right? Stephen. So that you know it was on the precipice of already happened. But I, I think there's more a sense of urgency from the Watson camp this time around because they know they can't sit out another season. So they know they have to get things done, um, and I think they're more willing to get things done. And Houston has already shown they're not to the point of Daryl Moore where they're just going to bang their head against the wall. Uh, they, they were willing to trade him at the deadline. They'll be willing to trade him uh, to move on. Um and they'll get significant compensation. They wouldn't have gotten right. what they would have once gotten, but they'll get significant compensation. So let me put it to you, Mr. Uh, General Manager, and even though you have gone above and beyond giving Howie Roseman credit for what he deserves, I'm going to ask you to jump into his place. The, the civil suits are worked out. We don't know the details because they don't want us to know the details and they don't have to tell the details, but the civil suits not 22 out of 20. There's two of them that the parties are being unreasonable and they're saying, no, screw you, Deshaun Watson. I'll, I'll take you all the way to court. But most of them are over and done with. And it's to the acceptance level of most teams around the NFL, including the Philadelphia Eagles. And they know that it's going to come with some blowback, but they're ready to deal with it. Jeff Laurie's done it before, as you correctly pointed out. So now we're all, we, all we're talking about is the asking price. Texans say he's all yours. Just give us all three of your ones this year. You say I'm done? Um, no, I I would give him two, and I'd give him uh, two of the first. Because you know, pick. Stephen Ross said at least what was reported, the Dolphins were able were going to go three deep. They yeah. were going to give up three. Well, first that's round what I would I would try to do two, and then maybe a conditional second that could turn into a first in the next year. So 2023, uh, maybe sort of put that caveat on there uh, like the Eagles did with Carson Wentz. By the way, Howie is going to speak at 11 this morning. Um, so I'll throw that in there. 
Um, uh, so, yeah, I would give up two this year, and I would give up. But if it came down to it and they were playing hardball, I'd give up my one in 2023 um, as well. Uh, but I wouldn't give up all three this year is what no, I'm trying to say. I, if Howie can maneuver it to that, that would be good because they do need at least one of those first-round picks to help the defense. We're in agreement there. All right, uh, Mac and Mac, guys. Dave Zingel from NBC Sports Phil. He's going to hop on with us. He's going to hop on with John later in the day because Howie Roseman is going to meet the media today at 11 o'clock. We'll talk Eagles football with Dave Gonzaro of NBC Sports Philly next. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. It's the Birds 365 off-season episode. You got three bearded guys here to talk Eagles with you. At least one of them's got some color left in his beard. God bless yeah. the youngster that he is. It's it's Jealous. losing it though. Jealous, man. <laughs> you get you get a little white in there, a little specks of little white. And when it gets long, it lays down. You can see it better. That's why I keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> Smart man. Uh, yeah, there's no hiding mine. 
it is white, <laughs> so I might as well wear it loud and proud. Uh, Dave Gonzaro from NBC Sports Philly here with us. Uh, John just found out. I'm sure you got the same email. Howie Roseman going to make himself available to you guys uh, coming up at uh, 11 o'clock this morning. How newsworthy is this thing going to be? I was uh, doing a show on WIP last night. So I think, well, what I ask Howie? What I ask? And and trying to answer the questions ahead of time. I don't know when Howie's going to be. Uh, you guys got your work cut out for you because any question of substance, I think Howie's going to give you a middling answer. I don't think he's going to be real revealing of what happens. What can we learn from Howie Roseman today, Dave Zingaro? Oh, you don't think so? You don't think he's going to tell us all the <laughs> who they're going to take with the three picks? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of it is playing a game. Really, it's it's kind of trying to. The, it, like he's going to answer the way he answers, then you you go through it and try to decipher what he actually means. And if he leaves doors open for certain things, if he avoids definitive statements about players or positions or whatever it is, and a lot of times he'll lead you astray purposefully. I mean, he's he's skilled at doing that. So um, look, it's always valuable to talk to the GM. Uh, a little less so to talk to, to Nick. We, we talk to him three times a week. Yeah. Uh, I'd almost rather not have Nick yeah, today. Kind of split it up. I always feel bad for the coach in these end of the season pressers, Dave. He's just sitting there waiting for a question. The, yeah. We and then eventually we, someone's like, all right, I go, let me ask. Yeah, I feel Nick bad a for him. Um, yeah. So let's say you're hitting leadoff today. What's your first shot at Howie Roseman? What do you want most want to know? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, if you're batting leadoff today, the, the obvious question is about the quarterback position. It's the biggest topic in the city. Oh, yeah. um, it's uh, it's a tough one to ask because I, I he, like, we, we kind of know what he's going to say, but yeah, uh, it's, it's about, you know, where their confidence level in Jalen is and if he'll explore other options. Um I, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine him saying, well, yeah, if Russell Wilson's available, I'm going to go, you know, he's not going to say it, but I mean, that's, that's the question. It's, you know, where are they on the quarterback position and, and how aggressive or opportunistic is he going to be as it pertains to other quarterbacks this off season? That's, that's top of the list, really. I mean, there are other ones, certainly with three draft picks, it's, you know, those questions are important and them looking back at, at the first year under Nick Sirianni is a big deal. Like how do they work together? What was the dynamic? What's the dynamic going into their second draft together now that they have a better understanding of the types of players and uh, the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator, if he's still here, like um, those are, those are important, but I mean, nothing trumps the, the quarterback questions. And if I were to bat lead off today, which I won't be. And if I did, after I asked the question I asked, I'd never bat lead off again. Uh, I would ask, Did you? are you the guy who hammered into Nick Sirianni's head that he always has to defer before kickoffs, before games? And that would that would be... Uh, I mean, chronologically, that's right, if you're going coin toss first. Yeah, yeah with rounds. Uh, I know <laughs> that, but it just annoys the snot out of me in case you hadn't heard that thing. Um, instead, maybe if you want to go the other way, the suck-up route the general manager factory that is the Philadelphia Eagles, the fact that several Eagle individuals are being interviewed for other places. You want to get on Howie's good side, let him uh, wax poetic about the individuals that he has underneath you. But then you sneak in with the follow-up. And if any of them leave, you got any ideas for replacements? Like, oh, I don't know, Mike Mayock? 
What do you think about Mayock potentially joining the Eagles? I don't know. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what he wants to do. Uh, I still like. I understand why he became a GM, but there's something real cushy about a <laughs> NFL Network yeah. gig that yeah. you know um, the GM is a lot of a lot of headache. And and he was a GM without final say, so that's even more headache because I I'd assume we don't even know what what to blame him for <laughs> what not to blame him for out there. Right. Uh, that's tricky. Yeah. I mean, he's a well-respected draft guy, so maybe that's a possibility. I mean, but you got to listen to the draft guys you have first, uh, <laughs> you know, before you bring in other draft guys. Uh, it's, it, it is interesting. They do have some people in the front office that, and it, it, I kind of made fun of it when it happened. I think a lot of us did when Jeff Lurie brought oh, up yeah, how many, we all did. We the GM did. factory stuff, yeah. but they do. I mean, in the last few years, they lost Joe Douglas. They lost Andrew Barry. There's a good chance they could lose one of these guys. If it's race or, or Brown, uh, Andy Weidel at some point could start getting some interviews. Yeah. So they do have Ian Cunningham. People forget Dave Caldwell's here. Um, that's true. We'll, yeah. we'll see what happens with, with Dave as well. Um, but I haven't heard him for any, uh, interviews to get back into GM. So he might be the natural replacement for Catherine race. If she leaves. Yeah. Um, but I do want to talk to you because I saw you were on, uh, I think with the Houston Texans, was it their website? So Jonathan Gannon, I had a bunch of, because I used to work in Houston. I had a bunch of people, uh, asking me about Gannon yesterday, which was kind of fun talking to those people down there. It, 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 there's such a disconnect to what, with Jonathan Gannon's reputation in Philadelphia versus his reputation in the rest of the league. He's getting interviewed today by Denver's flying to Philadelphia. Adam Schefter reports uh, it'll be Minnesota tomorrow. What what are we missing as a city on Jonathan Gannon? Or are or is the NFL missing? It's it's in, it's in between. I mean, it's I think we look at Gannon and there were definite missteps this year. You know, I was critical of him at times because. Uh, I thought there were games where I didn't like his game plans. I didn't think he, he matched his personnel to what he wanted to do well enough. At times he did, and, and they had some success this year. Uh, overall, there were missteps. But I also think he's not a bad coach. Bad coaches don't get three head coaching interviews. It just doesn't happen. And I think there is also a difference when you're talking about a head coach versus a defensive coordinator whose only job is scheme and coaching up one side of the ball because Gannon has head coaching qualities, right? He has um, the communication aspect. He has the leadership aspect. And those are very important when you're looking at a head coach. I mean, those are some of the qualities that the Eagles really like the Nick Sirianni. So he has all that. Um, I don't know if he's ready to be a head coach, but people probably said the same thing about like, I know people said the same thing about Nick last year. Um, I think there needs to be growth from Gannon as a DC, but ultimately I think their biggest problem on defense was personnel. Uh, there's not enough talent on that side of the ball. I thought he did an okay job with what they had, honestly. Hi, right, Dave. Uh, here's a question that I would contemplate asking today, and I'm going to ask you to speculate on what the answer would be for both Nick and Howie Roseman. Cause we know that the front office has been involved in the structure of the coaching staff. Gannon aside, he could take a job, be a head coach, and leave, and then they'd have to replace him. But assuming that's not the case, there going to be any changes to this Eagles staff this offseason? 
Yeah, I mean, it's rare that there aren't any changes. Um, you could see some. Uh, I know my colleague Ruben Frank is called. Yeah, I was Michael surprised Clay. by that. Harsh uh, on Michael Clay. Harsh I, on Michael Clay. But I mean, yeah. not right, without right. total yeah. validity. I mean, yeah. it, it that that was an underperforming unit um, for a decent part of the year. Now, some of that is, you know, is is it Michael Clay's decision to keep trotting Rager out there? Probably mm. not. You know, probably not on his own at least. So uh, there are those questions. Um, if you're looking at position coaches, I'm not going to fire anyone here, but uh, there are some that you could make a case for, for moving on. Um, yeah. There's some position coaches like I'll, I'll look, maybe defensive line. Is that an underperforming unit? Um, possibly. And that's a, that's a spot where they've really had trouble finding consistency at that um at Position that spot, coach, that, yeah, they, they've had like that too much, yeah, five and six years or whatever it is. Wide receiver and, too, too much well, turnover, too Wide much turnover, receiver. and that's another one where you look and you're like, you, sure, you got a lot out of Quez Watkins who's a six round pick, but your first round pick from last year has regressed somehow. Um, that's amazing, of, by the way. That's amazing. If you go back to training camp, Dave, remember how much time Nick Sirianni would spend with the receivers. And if anything, they've gotten worse. And I'm talking about two specific guys, Jalen Rager and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Um, you can make an argument. They regressed. And look, Nick wasn't brought in to fix the wide receiver position, but that was part of it. This is a wide receiver guy. Let's get these guys going in the right direction. It did not work out at all. No. I mean, those are two high picks. Those are... <laughs> You know, and and look, they end up getting Devontae Smith, and they probably don't draft him if those picks work out. But then they draft a good player there who got someone at a different spot. You know, if you have yeah. Justin Jefferson or whoever else, um, it's a it's a problem, and I it, it it's always tough to figure out when you have young players who are underperforming or don't live up to their draft status. Is it because it, it's on them, or is it the coaches aren't developing them? And it's a tough thing to figure out. Uh, but if you're Howie. <laughs> it's a lot easier to say it's the coach is not developing them, right? He drafted yeah, this guy. That's true. That is true. And that's what happened to the former coach, by the way, who I want to talk about that with you as well, because yeah. it, it nobody's jumped in the pool yet, but certainly seems trending in the direction that Doug Peterson isn't going to get a head coaching job in this hiring cycle. Does that surprise you at all? The Eagles did a number on him on the way out here, on the way out. They really did. They did. Um, a little bit. Yeah, I, I think he's a pretty good coach. Um, a problem could be, if you remember, when he got hired here, he didn't really assemble a staff. He No. He kept a staff, and that's a big part of when you hire a head coach, you want them to have us. I mean, that's one of the reasons the Eagles really liked Nick. He had a plan for his staff. And it, Gannon was a big part of that. Um, and the other funny thing is last week, someone asked Nick about if he's talked to Jonathan Gannon about stealing from his staff. And he said, he's yeah. not allowed to I'm like, well, Nick, you took, you took him. That was, yeah. You took him from the staff. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. Um, Doug, Doug, but that's not a, a Doug strength is putting a staff together. Maybe yeah. he's, he's, I think he has more connections in the league now than he did. What? Gosh, six years ago. 
But I mean, uh, uh, like, let, let me jump in there, Dave. Don't you think that's a little counterintuitive? Because I, you know, I've heard that spin, obviously. And, you know, he's under Andy Reid. Like, you're going to leave a head coach that's known for creating other head coaches to get fired to learn about other fired assistants? Like, it, you're not going to leave Andy Reid when you know if you sit there you're ultimately going to be chosen to be a head coach. And then the second part to me, I always think the guy played in the the league for 13 seasons. He yeah. knows everybody. I, I never did. got that. He doesn't know people. It, no, it's, it's not that. He, it, yeah, it's fair. It's not that he doesn't know people, but I don't think that's something that he particularly relishes. Like I, I don't, I think a lot of well, guys too loyal. I would say that he he's too loyal. Like he never wants a fire. That's, I mean, that's why he got yeah. fired. Yeah. He's too loyal. Um, yeah. It would be interesting to see what kind of staff he put together. What familiar faces would be on it. Like if, you know, <laughs> like, is he going to these coaching interviews saying, remember that guy, press Taylor? He's my, <laughs> he's my OC. I like maybe, you know, Shad constant are going, well, no, he's not your OC. What are you talking about? Corey, Corey Unlin. Poor Press Taylor, though. He's another guy. Like I was told, and I'm sure you were told, Press Taylor's this young, up-and-coming genius. Right in, right up until Doug took an interest in him, then he's an idiot. Like, <laughs> Doug didn't hire Press Taylor. The yeah. Eagles brought in Press Taylor, and he was this rising star, came up with the Philly special, minded from a, Chicago, a meaningless Chicago Bears, I think, Vikings game. Mm-hmm. Um he was the guy right up until Doug took an interest in him. Then he's and like, he was the guy that, like, toxic. if he was in another city, like, if Doug wanted to hire him from another city, everyone would be like, oh, Chris yeah. Taylor. Up and comer? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that guy. But yeah. since we had seen too much, it was. We did. All right, All right Dave Z, let's uh, circle back to the most important position, quarterback. Gordon Minshew going to be here next year? <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's under contract. Why wouldn't he be? He's a good backup. You spin him off for a – can you get a third-round pick for Gardner Minshew? with somebody that desperate? I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, um, I wouldn't think so. It, 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 yeah, you, you'd listen to those phone calls if they came in. But otherwise, he's a cost-controlled backup quarterback. Yeah. And I think it makes too much sense to trade him. Are they going to get a third? Could they get a third? Maybe, but but. But then you just have to go out and get yourself a backup quarterback because the Eagles don't have a young in development quarterback that you can project to be your backup quarterback. So you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. You trade him. Ooh, look, we moved up two rounds with the pick that we got. But then what happens if you go out and get a lousy backup quarterback and Hurts gets hurt week number two? And you have to Garrett Gilbert things for a month here in <laughs> Philadelphia next season. Not a road I want to go down to you. No, and and I don't think they do either. I mean, if they got an offer that was like, all right, we got it. For this guy and in his last year of a deal, like we got to take that, I could see it. Uh, but they value that backup position maybe too much at times. Uh, it's put them in some predicament, certainly, in the past. Uh, I mean, that's why they got Jalen Hurts, right? And that has been a, an adventure yeah. Over the next two years. So they value that position. And if you go the veteran route, like a free agent route, you're going to overpay like they did for Joe Flacco. So, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think Minshew's probably going to be here as a cost control backup. 
Dave, let's talk about that defense because we talked about Gannon. You mentioned uh, it's probably more personnel related, the issues they have. Uh, both Rodney and Anthony Harris are going to be free agents. They need more talent at linebacker. Steve Nelson's going to be a free agent. Um, and they got to get better on the back seven, no matter what. And they have those three first round picks. We all know how he's reputation at the, the organization far before how we got here, even Jeffrey. They haven't taken an off-ball linebacker since 1979, on and on and on. We know the story. Do they value these positions enough to put significant assets in them? And should they at this point after going through what they've gone through over the past number of years? Yeah, it's interesting because you, you wonder if the new coaching staff changes any of that philosophy. Um if, if it changes the importance they place on certain positions over others based on the scheme Gannon wants to run. And he does have a scheme. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> uh, I, I think possibly. And look, if, if they keep three first round picks, maybe it puts them in the direction where they think, all right, we think of linebacker, for instance, as a luxury, but we can take a luxury pick because we have three first round picks. I think that's possible if they keep all three, which I mean, we'll see. I think that could be a possibility that they say, all right, like if we had one first round pick, we wouldn't use it on a linebacker. But since we have three, we can do something like that. That would make sense. John, but you talk about the, the back seven. If I'm listing there and I, I've done this in my head over the last few days, I'll probably write something about it at some point, but if you rank their needs, Edge rusher to me, yeah, is pretty darn important. Yeah, I know that Josh Sweat's back, and and we'll see. Brandon Graham is under contract, but I mean, and we all love BG, but he's thirty four, coming off an Achilles, so they they need edge rush, and that's where and, and that's that's actually a position where we know they value. Um, so that would be top of the list for me, and then then the problem is safeties going to be next just by the numbers because they don't have both of their starting safeties are free agents, but that's generally a position they haven't valued as high ever. <laughs> Honestly, they've never yeah. drafted one in the first round. So uh, that would be next for me. And I have they, to they throw in get Malcolm and he yeah. was a big part of a Super Bowl winning team, but just generally speaking, I think your evaluation of their, their evaluation of safety is on point. Uh, and if they're real quick, go... Jody, I always have to throw in Epsi plays winning football, Dave. Just got to throw. Uh, in hey, Epsi played well. Yeah, he did. I he love. I just hand. love saying that. I love yeah. the shot. He, JG uh, says it so much. That you just combined Schwartz and, and JG. JG. Yeah. yeah, you went Epsi from Schwartz and winning yes. football from JG. Yes. All right, I'm going to go back to JG again. If he is still here, if he doesn't get a head coaching job, will he have the gravitas in that room to make the fight for? a playmaking linebacker because he comes from an organization that had playmaking linebackers. And if he wants to implement that here, he needs to have one of those. And TJ Edwards is a good, solid, hardworking blue collar linebacker, playmaking linebacker. No, we, the, the Cowboys have a playmaking linebacker. And I'm not saying the Eagles can get that guy, but someone more similar to him than TJ Edwards can in the room, the defensive coordinator win that battle and get himself a playmaking linebacker in the first round. I don't know if he can win that battle. He he can maybe make a strong case and maybe they'll listen to him, but 
they've been so unapologetic about the way they treat linebackers in the in the high rounds. I mean, even a couple of years ago, Howie basically admitted on the record that yeah, we we value positions differently and we're not going to make leaps. So, uh, and it, it's there's a few good linebackers who are going to be there in their range, and it's intriguing. I it and we see it in the league too. It's like I the Eagles have gone this way, but you have a difference making linebacker. I mean, look around the league. Yeah. It, it goes beyond Micah Parsons. I mean, and Gannon look, look at last week's game film with Tampa Bay. Yeah. If you have a linebacker, like some of those guys, it's, it can change your defense it, and, and a, and a good linebacker can cover up some other deficiencies too. So I, I don't know if it's going to change, but it would for me. I, I think there's value in, in having a player in the middle that can make a difference like some of these players around the league. Dave, I, I want to go back and tap into some of your Houston connections because I want some damn information on Brandon Brooks. Are we going to get it today? I'm sure you've heard some of the whispers. He might, um, you know, a lot of injuries. Who knows? He might even decide to walk away. But are we going to learn something? about what the heck went on with Brandon Brooks today? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really sure what's going to happen there. Um, I can tell you, like, there, I, I had some people tell me this year that, like, Brandon quit on the team. That's not Brandon Brooks. No, I mean, no, he, no, he's no. No. Uh, he's about as good a guy as you'll find in the league. So um, I don't know if we'll get answers today, but uh, at some point, I'm sure we will. Dave, let me ask you about the relationship between Howie Roseman and uh, Nick Sirianni. They will be up there together supposedly today, and we've seen uh, press conference with the coach and the GM at the same time go real well, go real poorly, go back to Sirianni's first ever press conference. I don't know if the word ficus is going to come up today, but you get my drift. Sometimes <laughs> it puts someone in a bad spot. Yeah. How do you think their relationship has gone? Grown from the time that they handed him the job through this entire season, the way that everything played, we're going to get a look at them co-acting together. Would you say their relationship is in good spot? Because John and I talked about it now in number one. It's probably the most important relationship in any organization between general manager and coach. How do you think their relationship sits today? Well, how he always gets along with everyone he works with. So I don't think it's... A... <laughs> An issue. I, look, I, I think they're probably getting along. Uh, success helps, and they they had some success this year. They turned around a four win team into a playoff team, and it's moderate success, but that helps. And uh, I, Nick's gen, genuinely a likable guy. Like he's not a he can be fiery at times, but he doesn't strike me as a a power hungry. We have to do it my way all the time type of guy. What, and, and I, you can see like certain personalities would clash. And, and I don't think these guys have the personalities that would clash. No, I'm not around them in the building. I, I don't know every day, but um, I, yeah, it, it would make sense to me if they get along. All right. So let's talk about the head coach, Dave. Um, and from your first impression to your last impression on this particular season, um, where are you on Nick Sirianni and his long-term future as the head coach uh, of the Philadelphia Eagles? I thought he did good things in year one. Um, it wasn't perfect. Uh, he there were again, and there were missteps along the way. I, I think he had to kind of figure out 
his personnel. I give him credit for going run heavy. Uh, a lot of coaches wouldn't swallow their pride and, and do that. They would say, no, this is what I want to do. And I want to win this way, especially when you know that theoretically the organization would rather win in a certain way. And I think some of that stuff's been overblown, but generally it, this is a passing league. We hear that. And it's, I think Nick wanted to win throwing the football, but he realized it wasn't working. He realized, Hey, I have a really good offensive line. I have some running backs who can hit the hole at least. And he went with that. So I do, I give him a ton of credit for that. And I thought he navigated some tricky situations. Well, this year thinking like Lane Johnson, I mean, that's a, it's a tough deal for a rookie head coach coming in to figure that out. And I, I thought he handled those situations well. And a lot of those reasons the Eagles hired him, those intangibles were on display. Uh, play calling was up and down. Uh, I, I, but I think he has the potential to be a good play caller. I don't think he necessarily was all the time in year one. I think that's the one area where he needs to, to get a little better. Speaking of getting better, I want to ask you about the actual quarterback, not Gardner Minshew, uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, if you're not named Rodgers or Mahomes or Brady, there's about 26, 27 quarterbacks in the NFL that can rightfully look in the mirror and go, I got to improve next year and get better. And Jalen Hurts is certainly one of them. Who's going to help him do that? He talks a good game after these games, and he represents himself and the organization quite well but he hasn't given us any particulars on how he's going to get better, only that he needs to get better. Does he have a quarterback whisperer or guru? Did the Eagles have one that want him, uh, him working with? If he needs to get better, which I think we all could agree he does, how's that going to happen? Well, he's worked out with Quincy Avery before, and I, I'd assume he's going to do that again. Uh, Avery's a pretty good quarterback coach. He's He's been around a long time. He, he's worked with some really good players. So, yeah, that's probably where he starts. He probably goes back to Quincy Avery. And it's, it's honestly something we probably should have asked him uh, the other day. I'd assume that's where he starts. I'd be curious to find out um, what his uh, take-home instructions were from the Eagles. I'm sure in their exit interview they came up with some. Uh, the Brian Johnson thing, you know, how much – did Brian Johnson help his growth this year? That's one of the, it's always tough to figure out who you credit, who you fault for these things, but he got better from rookie year. He got better. He did. It's, it's tough to look at that now after the game he played in the playoffs. So I thought yeah, he improved. Yeah. Did he improve enough? It depends on whose scale you're going by. Yeah. Uh, but he got better. I saw some growth. There are things he needs to work on and, and there the things he needs to work on aren't any secret. They're the same things we've seen from him throughout his career, dating back to college. He needs to improve as a passer in a lot of different areas. So that's that's the homework. That's what he has to figure out this offseason and continue to, to work on that. All right, last one from me, Dave, and everybody. Read Dave at uh, Dave Sangaro, NBC Sports Philadelphia. Does a tremendous job covering the Philadelphia Eagles alongside Ruben Frank. You mentioned a little bit about the Eagles wanting to win a certain way, and I agree with you. I think it's a little bit overblown, but they do think it's easier to win a certain way is how I uh, uh, say it, and they're right. It's easier to win – 
by being an explosive offense in passing offense in the modern NFL. I think that's fair to say. When we talk about Jalen Hurts' development, his potential, can he get to that point where he's piloting an explosive passing offense or does that answer the question on what this team will be doing long-term? If they can get better, they'll get better. If they can't, they'll move forward with Jalen Hurts. Um, Can he ever be a top-tier passing quarterback? I'm skeptical of that. I am. Uh, I don't want to completely say he can't because I, I believe in him as a person and as a, you know, he, I think he has a growth mindset. I think he wants to be there. So I don't want to completely say he can't, but I'm skeptical based on what I've seen from him on the field. So, uh, look, I, I think if you have an elite quarterback, that's the way you do it. You try to be an explosive, high-powered offense. There aren't many of those guys. So if you don't have that player, I think you have to kind of tailor your offense to what your quarterback does best. And that's what the Eagles did for a lot of the year this year. And that's what if he's their quarterback in 2022, that's what they have to do again. Um, You can't force him to try to be someone he's not. You have to just put together the best plan for the quarterback. He is at that point and hope he continues to grow so you can change that plan as it goes along. Um that's what I think we'll see. If, he, if he's a quarterback in 2022, I'm not saying they have to be as heavy run as they were during times this year because eventually we'll see teams do what the Bucks did and force Jalen into the things he's uncomfortable with. But that's where you start. You start with your skills and and the things that you do best, and, and that really starts with the quarterback. Dave Z, my final question, either you're going to love or you're going to hate. And I don't know which one it is. Uh, and I'm going to hate use, it. <laughs> I'm going to use one of uh, my partner's favorite phrases, little inside baseball. Today, when the press gathering comes together with Dowie and uh, Nick Sirianni, we talk about who's leading off. Who's, how do you deter? How do the Eagles determine if you've been able to determine how the <laughs> Eagles determine what order everybody goes in? Is there a way to play your hand as a member of the media. Is it completely out of your control? How does it go on a day like this? I, I don't, I don't, I don't hate this question. This is fine. Um, so <laughs> we're on a, on a so t- today it's going to be virtual. So we'll be on a zoom and we utilize the raise hand feature. So it's not always, it's like, it's the way I view the draft. It's not necessarily best player available. It's best player available given these circumstances. So it's, First person to raise their hand in certain circumstances. It depends who the first person is. And and I have strategy with the raise hand. Sometimes Uh, I don't want to be the first question. Yeah, a lot of times. So you you wait and you you wait. Like you're waiting. I I could be first, but I'm going to wait and see some other hands and then get in there. Because sometimes you feel an obligation as lead off to ask the big question. And it's like today... I know people are going to ask about Jalen Hurts. I don't necessarily want to burn my question. Right. There's yeah, a little yeah. strategy to it. That's what I figured, and I'm glad you didn't hate the question. Uh, yeah. And keep an eye on McMullen. Now, can you see the other guys or just you and the, the feed? Can you, like, uh, no, can we you can fake? See Is there any yeah. pump faking to no. try and get your uh, hand up and then pull it back? No. Uh, you could do it if you wanted to. You could raise it and then lower it. Sometimes you'll lower it. Like, they'll have a on a you know a random Wednesday. You're expecting Lane Johnson, and then 
you know, yeah. pl- practice squad player X walks in, you see all the hands go down. <laughs> <laughs> hands and heads both go down at the same yeah. time. Uh, well, we appreciate the fact that you uh, jumped on with us. You don't go anywhere, Zingaro, because we're going to be calling you all off season uh, <laughs> to give us your insights every once in a while. Thanks for today and uh, have a good time talking to Howie and Nick this afternoon. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Garrow, NBC Sports Philly. Uh, if I went a little too inside baseball there for either the fans or my partner, John McMullen, I'll apologize. But yeah. I really wanted to know. Well, Howie's a little bit different, too. So, yeah. How's Howie different? Well, I, I think, you know. Uh, Nah, you don't want to say. Well, well, we got to take our last break anyway, McMullen. Don't sweat it. We're almost done here, and you can start (laughs) to prep to talk to the very difficult to talk to, Howie Roseman, according to John McMullen. Uh, It's Mac and Mac guys. No, that's what I meant. I meant some people are not considered because it's Howie. That's what I meant. Now I don't understand what that means. What do you mean by that? You got to have a certain gravitas to be selected. Oh, okay. All right, all right. And uh, we know John's been quite complimentary of Howie of late. So I'm guessing. Well, that's why I'm doing it. That's why I did it. Question in today, baby. Birds 365 will be heard from in today's Zoom conference. According to some, that's why I did it. Yeah. Yeah. John McMullen, Jody McDonald here with you on Birds 365. We'll come back and put a wrap on this bad boy. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other, with more doctors and hospitals, more benefits that really rock, more of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about, because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. Field of Life. First Trust Bank is there for you.
Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. up because John McMullen's got to get prepared to hop on the Zoom call with uh, Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman, which is coming down about an hour from now, John, you said 11 o'clock? Yeah, about 11-ish. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little late. We're on presidential time. Presidential time. All right. Uh, And I know we're going back inside baseball, but we only got a minute to go here, and we got 262 more days to do Eagles uh, off-season maneuvers. Um, on today's news conference, because I can relate to this, believe it or not, because you do it to me all the time. You ask the question I'm thinking about asking. I'll ask a question, then I'll start to think about my next question, and I'll get in line. And then McMullen will basically ask that question, which probably is a bad sign for you if you're thinking along the same lines <laughs> as me. That's not good for you. But it, it happens, and then you got to come up with another question. Is there a guy in the mix that you don't want to be behind because if you've got a question ready to go, ask it just the way you want. You fear that he's going to jump in right in front of you and ask the question that you're prepared to ask. That has happened in the past. Yeah, definitely. Um, not today. There's too much. I mean, there's too much to get to. Um, but yeah, it, it, one certain times you have a specific thing you want to ask. And then somebody right before you ask the question and then you're stumbling Generally, I just ask a follow-up at that point. I've been doing this long enough to go. If I got nothing, I just listen to what they said, then I'll ask a follow-up off that. So, Who did you but, do? The, you did somebody a solid with a follow-up recently. I forget the particulars right uh, now. It was Martin. Martin, Martin yes, uh, you did. You took good care of Martin, Frank. Yeah. Well, I was, that was part show. And it worked. It worked pretty well, too, because Martin it liked did. it. Nick Sirianni liked it. Um, Jalen Hurts... Uh, used uh delaware as a uh, uh right. call and obviously martin works for the delaware journal it used to be wilmington news journal so he asked a question about it but um then i did think i got some good information out of it too because i you know i asked nick sirianni how often he changes the call and you know, has has Martin ruined Delaware for him because he can't use Delaware anymore? So it worked out pretty well. Did the Eagles have any plays called Siberia this week? Because that's the way their offense kind of looked against I think, that Tampa. I think I, I think Siberia is uh, it correlates to wide receiver screen because <laughs> that's about how often it works. Uh, <laughs> good All weather right. in Siberia. We are officially out of time. J-Mac, we'll be looking for you to get your question in this afternoon. And then I'll be coming on and questioning you tomorrow about what you did. Yeah, hopefully I get in. I got to, you know, hopefully I get in. I got faith in you, buddy. You're one of of Howie's boys now. You're going to get a filibuster. They filibuster in these circumstances. They want to keep the questions to a minimum. We'll see. I I got faith in you, brother. All right. uh, Have a good one. Tell Howie I said hi. You'll be back here with me in 22 hours on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, 
fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.